they are, who they are, and we trust that God is going to move in that, that God is going to stir their heart. Do you know that I can't change anybody's heart? Did you know that you can't change anybody's heart either? But you know who can? Who? Uh, come on now, there's more than three of you here. <laughs> who changes people's hearts? It is God who changes the heart. And when we go to that place and we meet with him, we be, I be me for him and you be you for him. And he'll take that and he'll do amazing things with it. You know, we don't have to stand out on a street corner. I'm not, folks want to go stand out on a street corner, go for it, do whatever. But, the, but you're not going to reach very many people that way. You're going to reach people when you develop a relationship and a friendship with them. Live authentically how, who we are as Christians. You know, we have this wonderful book. Any, any thoughts on what it might be? Bible. We have this wonderful gift, the, the Bible, the living word of God, and, and that becomes for us a, 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 a way to learn more about who he is, about who he wants us to be, and it's an amazing thing when we live in that place. Now, for me personally, my personal call is to bring the love of Christ to, the, to those who have experienced brokenness in their life. Now, the interesting thing about that is if I asked the question, who has experienced brokenness in their life, I would imagine that unless there's someone who's less than honest, it would be everybody in the room has gone through something in their life. Life is that way. Life is not easy. So we all experience brokenness, and that's the calling for me. And the reason for that is that I come out of brokenness. Come from an abusive home, experienced a lot. Every kind of abuse there is to experience, I experience that stuff. I'm a recovering drug addict and alcoholic. Um, Life, life is real, you know, and it has taken me a little bit of time <laughs> to figure some stuff out, you know, and, and to come to know who God is and to see him do the miracles that he has done in my life. And I firmly believe he wants to do those miracles in your life. That's who he is. That's what he's about. So those are some of the things that are important for me. See, I was a mess. I was... I was, I was, I'm very fortunate that Kit didn't know me back in those days. You know, we met in recovery, which is, hallelujah, glory to God, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You know, because I was a total mess. But here's the thing. Life is messy. Life is messy. Church <laughs> is messy. Oftentimes we come into church going, oh, it's going to be all this. It's going to be wonderful. We're going to hold hands. Let's sing kumbaya, kumbaya. Come on now, kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya. To those of you who are a little younger, that's an old song that people would gather around. The, camp. the reason that, that Rick and I know that is because we play guitar, so we've played that too often. Um, what it really, it's just a song that says, come by here, Lord, come by here. Uh, but that's what we think of when we think, well, everybody loves everybody in church, right? <laughs> well, I love you. I don't love all the stuff that you do, you know, because we bring ourselves to church. It's messy. It's supposed to be messy. There's tensions in church. I hope, I hope there's tensions and disagreements because if, if there's not disagreements, that means somebody has decided not to talk because there should be disagreements. Now, I'm not talking about making drama for the sake of drama. We don't really need that in the, anywhere. Problems for the sake of problems. But what it says when we have tension in the church is that we want to grow and we want to move and we want something good to happen. Churches where there is no tension, 
are either dead or dying. So you'll hear me talk over time quite a bit about tension's okay, guys. It's okay. We'll work through it. At the end of the day, though, we come together united as the body of Christ. We can, we can disagree. We can, we can have those conversations, and I hope that we do. But at the end of the day, we are one body of Christ. It's what we're called to. What's what we're commanded to be. So church is going to be a little bit of, of a challenge at times. Some of you have undoubtedly experienced some of that. I hope that it hasn't pushed you away because it's just people being people. It's okay. And we can work through it together. See, we're not supposed to be just a club on the corner. Nice place to go on Sunday and maybe another day of the week. It's not what church is. We are the living body of Christ. You and, me, you and I are the church. That's who we're called to be. And that is transformative. That, that helps us to become something new and something different. It helps us to become metamorpho. <laughs> right? Metamorpho. Say it with me. It's just a fun word. Metamorpho. All right. That's your takeaway for the day. What's that word? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, <laughs> see, the thing that allows us to come as we are and to be changed forever it's metamorpho. Metamorpho. We're going to be in Romans 12 for the next three weeks. Today I'm going to focus, so, so Gary read the, read the whole chapter, but I'm going to focus on the first two verses today. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Powerful. Powerful. All right, so maybe you've been sitting there going, okay, what the heck is metamorpho, and why is he throwing that word out there? It's a Greek word. It's the word that we get metamorphosis from, right? Makes sense. Metamorpho. It's the word we use when we describe a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. Metamorphosis. When they are made from one, one being, transformed into a new being, but are the same being. You know, when we come to know Christ, we come to him as we are, right? We are one person. And then God touches our heart, and we become a new creation. But you know what? We are still that same person. But we are transformed into a new creation. You're made into, from a caterpillar into a butterfly from something that can sometimes be kind of boring looking into something that's beautiful and can fly. That's kind of cool. It's also the word that's used in describing what Peter, James, and John saw on the Mount of Transfiguration when they were looking up and they saw, the, so those are three, the three, three primary disciples for Jesus, kind of his small group. And so they went to the, the Mount and they looked up there and they saw Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. And they saw Jesus 
transfigured. And this is the word that was used, metamorphic. He was metamorphosized. He was different when they looked up at him. And they knew it because it was, it was apparent. He was changed, transformed. It's what Paul is asking of us in verse 2 when, he's, when he tells us to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, being a Christian means working not on conforming, but on being transformed. We're not called to confirmation, conformation. We're called to confirmation, but not conformation. And I personally like that because I've never been very good at conforming. I ask too many questions. If Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, then how did he write that part after he was dead? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. There's more to it. He dies and that keeps going. It's like, okay, how'd that happen? If Jesus was born of Mary and he's human, how is he also God? How, how is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, that's three, right? How is that one God? If if Paul writes that we are neither Jew nor Greek or slave nor free nor male nor female, then why in the world do we have eight million different denominations and all these different groups? Mike, go sit in the corner because you can't ask those questions. <laughs> the Bible says it. I believe it. That settles it. Nope. Turn around. <laughs> in case you're wondering, Ask as many questions as you want to. Questions are good. God created us with this thing called a mind. Question stuff. Ask your parents, of course. Don't ask me, but ask them. (laughs) (laughs) We won't have all the answers. Amen? But ask the questions. My goodness. Let's learn together. This morning we were were praying, and and, uh, as we were, were praying, part of that prayer was that it's not just me coming to, you know, be something for y'all. It's us together. I'm bringing me and you're bringing you and God is in the midst of that and that is going to be cool. It's going to be cool. He's going to move because that's what he wants to do. He wants that. He wants it for you. He wants it for me. Now you need to remember something about me. I'm a recovering alcoholic and addict who accepted Christ at age 16. Basketball bleachers before a high school basketball game. I know I don't look like it, but at one point in my life, I was somewhat athletic. I began drinking and using at 13 and didn't quit until I was 29. Most of my addiction was done as a Christian. I don't recommend that. It's painful. There's a passage in Matthew 7 that says, that which I would do, I don't do. The things that I don't want to do, these things I keep doing. And that was my life. I was doing these things time after time after time. And it wasn't a lot of fun for me. It wasn't a lot of fun for the people around me. But I knew in my heart, what that did for me was I knew in my heart that part of my answer was going to be God. God was going to be a part of me 
finding a way. Now, I wanted him to come up to me and, and go, magic wand, tap on head, you are fixed. Thank you very much. That's not my story. I was raised Catholic. I was saved as a Baptist. Nothing against the Catholic Church. I was good at being a, a, a Catholic. I knew all the stuff. I just didn't know who Jesus was. I, I didn't get that. And I know charismatic Catholics, so that's not about the Catholic Church. That's about where I was. I'd mess up and I'd go try a different church. So I, the Baptists couldn't keep me sober and clean, so I went and trekked out the Episcopalians and they couldn't keep me sober and clean, so I went to Calvary Chapel and they couldn't do it, so I went to a Pentecostal church and then I went to a full gospel church. I checked out Jehovah Witness and Mormon churches. Who knew? You know, maybe that'll be the answer. So standing before you is a Catholic Baptist Pentecostalist. <laughs> I knew that God was going to be a part of my solution. And he is. I just didn't realize that this was going to require something of me as well. It wasn't going to be a magic. Some people get that, and that's cool. That wasn't my story. I needed to enter into recovery through a different means. 12-step recovery was, was how I did that. And, you know, God has done amazing things. I'm an oil field drunk. We used to work in the oil fields. Who's now your pastor. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> it is not possible to get from the oil fields as an alcoholic and a methamphetamine addict and to get here today before you. It's not. That's in California, even. Kit's from Georgia, by the way. God had to get her out to California so that we could meet. It's, it's not possible, the things that have happened. Except, I'm a drunk and I'm your pastor. <laughs> Recovering alcoholic. God made a way when there was no way. And he does that. That's who he is. That's what he's about. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. See, I was taught that worship was this thing that we did on Sunday morning. You come to church, you go to the building, because the church is the building, and that's where you worship. So you go to the building, you go to church. And I never knew that we were the church. I, I just knew that we'd go to the building, and that's what, that's what worship was. That's not worship. So if that's what you were raised with or what you, your understanding is, know that that's not what worship is, is all about. Yes, we come here, we come together to praise God, to give God glory for what he's done. You know, um, the band, that, the, the, the musicians you have here, you know what they're doing? They're playing for the glory of God, not for the glory of self. And I know, I know some of them, so I know, you know, I can stand here and say that even on my first Sunday. It's not about them. They want you to experience worship. To praise God this morning. So yes, we worship this morning. But you know what else? Where else we worship? Everywhere that we go in our life. How do you do that? How do you? Wait a minute. You mean I'm supposed to take God with me when I leave the building and go home? Yes. <laughs> you don't work with the people I work with. I'm supposed to take God with me. Yes. School? Wait a minute now. They don't let God in school. Sorry, you're taking him with you. That's 
what we do. That's how we live this life of worship that Paul is talking about. It's every day. It's how we live our life. There's a monk, his name was Brother Lawrence, and after his death, there were four of the, his cohorts who put together a, a book, and it's called Practicing the Presence of God. And I, you know, I got a quote from him in just a minute, but any, what, what do y'all, anybody like sports? What do you play? Swimming and soccer? How do you get good at them? Practicing and learning. What else we got? Ice hockey, how do you get good at it? Practice. Brother Lawrence, these guys wrote this, this, this book. It's called Practicing the Presence of God. Practicing the Presence of God, which is, it makes sense, right? Because if you want to get good at something, what do you do? You practice. You got to practice. Mike, how do you get any good at guitar by leaving it sit in the corner? <laughs> Eric, does that work for you? I've, not, I've yet to find a decent musician that could just leave their instrument and then show up and suddenly they're able to play. It's the same with all aspects because each of us have a thing, right? Whether it's cooking or cleaning or whatever it is, you know. All the stuff that we do in order to get good at it, we have to practice it. But here's that quote. So it is the same. This is Brother Lawrence. So it is the same in the kitchen, a place to which I have a natural aversion. I love that line. Aversion means he didn't like it much. I have accustomed myself to doing everything there for the love of God. On all occasions with prayer, I have found my work easy during the 15 years in which I have been employed there. A place to which I have a great natural aversion. He didn't like to be in the kitchen at all. It's me and cleaning the toilets. You know, I'll do laundry, I'll, whatever, I'll, I'll mop the floor. Bathrooms, I would prefer not to do. I have a natural aversion. Yet, Brother Lawrence focused on doing everything that he could, everything that he did for the glory of God. He practiced. He prayed while he was doing this, while he was working in the kitchen. And over the course of time, I have found my work easy during the 15 years that I've been employed there. It changed him, which changed the task. But he practices it. That's how we do this. That's how we take God wherever we go. It's how we live this life, this Christian life that we're called to. To be transformed. Not just to conform to someone else's understanding of who God is or what it means to be a Christian. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Please say that with me. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't conform to the way this world. So what is the pattern of the world? What's some of the things that the world wants you to do? It, it, it wants you to... Um, if it, if it feels good, do it. Do it. If, if, if you want to do it and it makes you feel good, then go for it. Make your way. Be a success. It doesn't matter if you step on people or walk on people. Just you make your way. What's in it for me? What's in it for me? I'll help you if you'll help me. 
patterns of the world. You need to become what I want you to be. Let me tell you what that looks like. That's what you need to be. You need to be this kind of Christian or that kind of Christian. The world doesn't need any more cookie-cutter Christians. We've got enough. We need more folks who are willing to be who they are for him. You don't have to be me. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Did I hear any of that? I don't have to be you. All you have to do is be you for him. Be you for him. And in the midst of that, God will begin to refine you, refine you, make you into that new creation. Because that's when we're at our best, when we build those relationships, when we embrace people for who they are. Come as you are. Knowing that God's not going to leave them there. Be honest with them, lovingly correct. If you have that kind of relationship, that's what we do. But we have to have that kind of relationship. And that means spending time with folks. Caring for them. Helping the people that the rest of the world looks at and says, I don't want anything to do with them. You'll find that I like music a lot. And there are songs out there that speak to me, and this is one that speaks to me very powerfully. We have all made mistakes, amen? amen. We've all missed the mark. That's called sin, when we miss the mark. We have all sinned. Everybody has sinned and fallen short of the perfect perfection that God has called us to. And did you know that he loves you regardless? Loves you. Where you are and who you are. Wants more for you. But loves you absolutely in that place. Maybe you're a caterpillar just kind of going, okay, I don't know about this God stuff. Maybe you're a butterfly. You accepted Christ a long time ago. And he's calling you to the next stage of your butterflyness. Wherever you are today, I hope that you know whatever you're going through, earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. There's nothing that happens here that he can't handle. Come out of sadness from wherever you've been. Come brokenhearted, let rescue begin. Come find your mercy, oh sinner, come near. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Lay down your burden.
So lay down your hurt, lay down your heart, come as you are. There's hope for the hopeless and all those who stray. Come sit at the table, come taste the grace. There's rest for the weary, it's a rest that endures. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't cure. So lay down your burdens, lay down your shame. All who are broken, lift up your face. Oh, wonder, come home, you're not too far. So lay down your hurt. Lay down your heart, come as you are, come as you are, all in his arms, come as you are. There's joy for the morning, oh sinner be still, earth has no sorrow, heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow, heaven can't heal. So lay down your burdens, lay down your shame. All who are broken, lift up your face. Oh, wonder come. So lay down your hurt, lay down your heart, come as you are, come as you are, come as you are. You get to come exactly as you are. He will meet you in that place, and he will not leave you there. You'll be forever changed. You'll be metamorphosed. <laughs> Guys, if you'll come.